Hi, fellow history enthusiasts, and welcome to the Detecting History podcast about all things buried and ancient. My name is Katie McDoyle. Together, we'll be diving deep into the past every week as we bring you history, metal detecting, mudlarking, and fossil hunting news, alongside some fantastic expert interviews. So whether you're a seasoned expert or a fellow beginner like myself, we're going to explore it all together. This week's guest is metal detectorist Darren Booth, aka History Unearthed, part of Team Unearthed UK. Darren is a seasoned metal detectorist from North Wales who has a treasure chest load of top tips to share with you all. Most excitingly, Darren is the metal detectorist who found the Gaboan Horde in Shropshire, consisting of 337 silver Roman coins, and he's here to tell us all about that magical day. Okay, brilliant. So welcome to the podcast, Darren. Um, Everybody, we are joined today. We're very lucky to be joined by Darren Booth from History Unearthed. So on some of your socials, you're down as History Unearthed-MD for metal detecting and History Unearthed. And you're part of uh, Team Unearthed UK. Yeah, yeah, YouTube, that one. Yeah, so welcome to the show. I was doing a little bit of uh, detective work and I can see that on YouTube, you've been going on YouTube for a couple of years and you've got already 51 videos up on youtube in a couple of years that's pretty good going fantastic work yeah not always expected, but <laughs> we like to mix it up and then um on tiktok you've got over a thousand followers as well so you're coming up to 10k views on youtube and more than that on tiktok as well with all your different followers so welcome to the podcast how are you doing today yeah i'm good thank you how about you yes not bad thank you very much really good to have you here really good, excited good. to hear about your journey and history in metal detecting and especially about a little something and is this how you pronounce it the Gaboan horde a roman horde that you Gaboan discovered horde. yeah Gaboan horde. Gaboan horde. Yeah. yeah fantastic um yeah, i was watching some uh, various different videos online about this horde that you found a couple of years ago so looking forward to get to that so before we we start let us know which sort of region in the uk are you from Okay, so I'm from um, Flintshire, North Wales, so just the other side of Chester, uh, part of the Welsh side, the best side, obviously. Brilliant, <laughs> the best side, get that in there, absolutely. And um, and what's the <laughs> ground, what are the ground conditions like up there? I'm in Hampshire, so it's very flinty. Um, yeah, no, it's not flinty at all, really. Um, I mean, there's obviously fields with stones in, but it's not flint. Uh, but, you know, they seem to be um, pretty good. I mean, all my permissions are pasture, so uh, they're nice and easy Lovely. to do, really. Yeah, lovely. So we're all moving to North Wales then on that <laughs> on that news, mm. absolutely. <laughs> and how long have you been detecting for? I mentioned on your YouTube videos you've been going on there for a couple of years, but how long have you actually been detecting for now? Um, about 2016, I think it was, I started detecting, yeah. So, um, so I've been detecting for a while before I started YouTube. Um, yeah, that's kind of the run of things. People sort of discover the hobby first and then start sharing as they go along. Fantastic. And um, how and why did you get into detecting? What drew you to the hobby? Um, well, before detecting, I used to do um, downhill mountain biking, racing and things like that. So uh, mm-hmm. that took a move to a time. I've always been interested in that, accepting them. 
the fact that you just you can just find the things in the ground that have been there for hundreds or thousands of years that was just i mean i've always been interested in that um yeah this month of migration took up with her time yeah. um as we, as we got older and started a family uh, i couldn't risk breaking any bones which i haven't so far but i could be risk breaking mm. any bones and not being mm. able to work for a couple of weeks or so um yeah i kind of gave it in really and thought well now I'll just take up this detective and see what this is all about. And it didn't take long before I was hooked. <laughs> Lovely. I like that. So you did a risk assessment of your current hobbies and went, mm, okay, I've got to be a bit of a grown up now. So where where do my interests lie? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've done it. I did it for about six years, seven years. Yeah. I've had some bad crashes, but not broke anything. And people I know yeah. who were racing with me are better than me. They started breaking limbs. And I'm like, right, I need Oof. to get out of this far in my head. So. Yeah, exactly. You did well. You did well. Emergency escape. Yeah, I always watch that one, especially when like the the different like world championships and things are on. I'm just like, wow, yeah. just the speed that they go down. It's amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. So you got into detecting then, and obviously you just mentioned then it's about it's about the history, isn't it? And um, finding that thing, uncovering that whatever it is. It doesn't have to be like a treasure but whatever it is finding it and then you sort of reflect back don't you to who might have lost that object and what did it mean to them yeah absolutely it gives you that connection i just i don't think you can you can't find that connection anywhere else i mean even archaeologists um they must get a bit of a connection but um, i think the testers just have that edge and it's just because you're not expecting to find anything archaeologists go somewhere and they're expecting something but yeah yeah, you've got to be lucky to walk over it, haven't you? Absolutely. And we put we do put in a lot of hours exactly. to, to find our little bits and pieces, all of our different items. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. And apart from obviously yeah. the history and and everything um, we just mentioned, what else do you get out of the RB metal detecting per se? Just, it's just an escape from reality sometimes. I mean, everyone's life is hectic and uh, we all go through different things. And I think sometimes detecting is just, it's like a, doorway to just where it's just you and nature and the countryside um you f- if you find something that just tops the day but if you don't it's still you know peaceful relaxing it just yeah it's so beneficial like yeah um grim said to your mental health your physical health as well um and you get to see things again like grim said that you don't really see um i mean i've been detecting and I've heard rustling and I look behind me and then two foxes mm. just run past me and just, you know, it's just like, wow. Yeah, I saw a massive slow worm the other day. Just away with the fairies a bit, as you do, as you're swinging, as you're walking along. And as I swung to my left, it was there in like a figure eight shape, just sunbathing. And I've never seen one before, ever. And I jumped up and backwards. You know, like when you see those videos of cats getting scared by cucumbers. That's what I was like. I literally jumped out of my skin because it's the last thing I expected to see. But then when, like, when I realized what it was and it wouldn't be an issue if I didn't go near it and disturb it, I was just amazed and got some nice pickies and things. It was just wonderful. Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, things like, things like that, you um, you just don't, don't see stuff like that every day, so... When you're out detected and you see things like that, uh, that's just, it's magic, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's magic. I saw on one of your most recent videos and it was um, a fox and then you'd, you'd panned across the fields for us to see and there was some hares over there and hare over there and the fox was over there yeah. and then the fox sort of came down and then it started making its way across the field. I was thinking, oh no, what's going to happen here? <laughs> but yeah. that is exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was going to happen to And then also things you see in the sky as well. So... Um, I was watching, I lived near an airfield and also near a film studio, so you never know what you're going to see. And um, there was a big, massive, like, 747 or something, or something a bit smaller going along, and then this little plane was full engine speed, flying alongside of it, and it started going over the top of it, and it was obviously filming for some kind of sequence or something. I was just like, wow, you'd never see that. You'd never see that in a town, because obviously they wouldn't be allowed to fly over a town doing that. Yeah, because I live near, um, not too far from Broughton, um, the Airbus, and you get, I don't know if you've heard of the Beluga. No. Uh, you get that coming in from like, the tech, you know, and uh, you know, you should Google the Beluga. It's a big, it carries wings. So the plane itself, it's absolutely huge. It looks like a Beluga, hence the name of the Beluga. Wow. Um, yeah, they come in really low. It's, it's that's fascinating. Oh, it's amazing to see, isn't it? You think, how does it stay up there and the roar of the engines as well when it comes yeah. over you? I love that. Okay, so yeah, what I was going to ask you next is tell us about your detecting gear then, Darren. What did you start off with and where are you now? Right, okay, so I started off with, um, when I first started detecting, I didn't have a clue. So I gave, I googled some um, shops and there's none, there wasn't any local to me, but Unearthed UK popped up. Uh, so I gave Graham a call there and um, yeah, he was really helpful. Um, he listened to our avoid, my budget. Um, type of ground, and then he recommended um, the Technetics Eurotech Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was about 180 pounds. So um, I thought, yeah, I don't know, I'll do cheap and cheerful. Um, yeah, and that was an absolutely brilliant machine. It got me hooked. It found me at first. In fact, that's the one that found me the hoard. It found oh. me the goal, uh, the first gold build, George the Second, half guinea, uh, my first hammered coy. It just, yeah, it totally got a grip of me. Fantastic. Um, once I found the hoard. I decided to treat myself and upgrade it to uh, Locker Simplex, um, which Ooh, had just lovely. come out. So I thought, and it was the price, yeah, it was waterproof, foldable, and it was just a massive step up from the Technetics. So I've, um, yeah, upgraded it. Yeah, brilliant. And that's where I'm coming on that at the moment. Yeah, so for the listeners, I suppose um, if you're starting off in metal detecting nowadays in 2023, you are kind of looking around that £150 mark, aren't you, for sort of a beginner detector in any one of the different brands? Yeah, yeah. I think people asking on um, Facebook pages, what's the best metal detector? And they're absolutely bombarded with this, 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 this. There's so much choice. It's a minefield out there. Um, So... I think the best thing you can do is phone a supplier or phone a, a shop. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you phone Graham at Unearthed, um, he quite happily sells you what you want, not what he makes more money off and things like that. He could have sold me, you know, a box for eight to nine hundred quid, and you know, but um, no, he listened to my budget. He told me exactly what I'll get for that budget, and I'm, uh, yeah, I've never looked back. Yeah, and it's kind of good to start off on a on a beginner uh, machine, like you say, because it's a bit more basic. There might only be, say, three modes, but it lets you learn, doesn't it? It lets you learn, like, the tones, 
you know, how to interpret the tones, to be listening to the tones, yeah. maybe trying to match the numbers. It finds your path into how you're going to go into detecting. And then if you like the hobby, then go on and spend a bit more money and going up and up and up. You might be a bit scared off if you get a £900 machine and because it is so complicated to use that type of machine straight away, isn't it? Use yourself in, yeah, before you go jumping in. Because I think something like that, yeah. <laughs> Always reach out. I mean, you see people on Facebook all the time, and then if you're on group digs, whichever club you're part of, everybody's yeah. always more than a help, uh, okay to help you out and let you have a look at their machines and feel the weight in the machine and all that stuff. So, yeah, have confidence to ask people around. And then what about I saw recently you've got a nice shiny new um, spade, haven't you? What's, what have you got for yeah. your spade? And then also your um, hand spade or shovel or serrated digger, whatever you want to call it. What have you got? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the spade, uh, well, I recently broke my other one, so um, I was a bit gutted on that. But yeah, so I gave Graham a call and he's, uh, he sorted me out with a um, Mine Lab Stainless Pro, I think it's called. Um, yeah, it's quite it's good good lengthy spade. Uh, it's quite light really, you know, and look really strong. Um, nice comfy rubber and plastic grip, so it should be good in the winter. And um, there's nothing worse than grabbing hold of a stainless handle in the winter. <laughs> but um, yeah, it looks looks a good good uh, solid spade. So I can't wait to get that in the ground. Yeah, you've always got to consider the weight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's surprising how just ten or fifteen grams can make over the space of four or five hours. And you were going to say for your pinpointer? Uh, my pinpointer is a, I think it's called a T-Tech or a Pro-Tech, I can't remember. Um, yeah, but that's um, that's a good, I won that uh, on um, an Instagram competition. So, um, but yeah, it's a, an absolute pinpointer, yeah. Fully submergible. Um, you can ground balance it to the minerals. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant pinpointer. So you definitely need a pinpointer. I didn't have one started out, um, which... At first, I didn't know I needed one, but once you have one, you realise it's so much better with one. Yeah, that's another top tip there. Yeah, and my digger is, um, I used to use a gardening trowel, um, but now I've got a, I think it's called a Yori Yori knife. It's a Japanese garden knife. So it looks pretty dangerous and it looks like a, it looks like a knife, but it's for gardening. But um, it's it's nice and narrow, slim, blade one side, serrated on the other. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. You can get it in tight hole without having to expand your hole. So uh, that's perfect. So if you Google Yori, Yori, Yori knives, I'd recommend one of them. Yeah, ideal. Awesome. So really good tips there. Um, some people don't consider the pinpointer at first, but it is so helpful to have one. Um, and then also waterproof so if you're thinking um if you look at the crown estates map and you're going to go off to a beach that you're allowed to go and detect on you got to be careful of those rogue waves you want to make sure you've got you know the right kind of waterproof detector or if not be aware and then some of the ones like i've got the xporx so the controller box itself isn't waterproof so i've got a cover for that so those are the kind of things you've got to consider when you're starting off on the hobby um, you just got to make sure you've got all your bases covered, worst case scenarios, because we do like to dig in the drizzle and the rain. And the last thing you want to do is you detect it to snow. Yeah, 
the simplex. Uh, the simplex is fully submergible. So is it nice? Fantastic. Okay, so that's your detecting gear setup. So um, we've learned that you've been uh, detecting since around 2016. So now we're going to move on to the best finds section. Now we <laughs> there's one really good find, obviously. But what were your best finds before then? And then let's go to on to talk about uh, the really big find. Yeah. Well, my best find before then was um, probably my first hammer. That was Queen Elizabeth the first uh, shilling. So that's just shillings, quite a big coin. Uh, so when that came out, full flam, absolutely a little bit warm, but it was slash of the pancake. I was absolutely beaming. Lovely. Um, that was my first hammer. And yeah, you can't beat your, your first hammer. Um, yeah. I mean, even though I found the big find, um, it's not my favourite find, you know, it's not. My favourite find is a Henry VI um, hammer coin. It's a half groat. I don't know if you've seen the half groat, but the, uh, the, the obvious, obvious or reverse, the one without the head. Um, there's so much detail in there when Ooh. they're standing there. It makes you wonder how they made them that small. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my favourite find of all. Ah, that's really interesting. I did wonder whether your favourite find would be something outside of the hoard. So that's really interesting to hear. So tell us about the hoard then. Where were you? What was the day? What was the situation? And just tell us a bit about, you know, what you went through on that day. Okay. So, well, I'm a member of um, Monocle Detecting Club, a historical search society in Mould. So um, they're a good, good gang. Uh, we all get on very well. So it was on one of their club digs. And, um, yeah, we got there and I was running late. So I got there and just as they finished the talk and they all wandered off, they all headed up to the higher ground. And I thought, well, I just want a peaceful day. So I'm going to head this way. And <laughs> literally within 15 minutes, I found my first ever Roman, which I was absolutely ecstatic about. And then, um, yeah, I put it in my little finds pouch. And then uh, filled in the soil because it had just been not re- not long being cropped. So the, f- the, uh, soil was so fluffy. I filled it in with my, with my foot and thought I dropped the coin because there was another one there. Yeah. So I thought, all right, so I picked that up. I just put it in my pouch and then I saw that was the second coin and I thought, oh my God, what's going on here? And then I searched and I couldn't find anyone. I thought, ah, oh, typical. Just one short of a hoard. Just my luck. Like. <laughs> Walked a few feet and then, uh, yeah, there was just, just signals all over the place. So I thought maybe the de- uh, detector was playing up because it was just here, there, and everywhere. So <laughs> as I was turning them over, there was just coins after coins. It was just, I was just like, oh my God. Oh, so wow. I a little bit because I thought, what the, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I gave the club organizer um, a call, told him where I am. I said, I've got two of them, two in my hand, six or seven flipped over, and they're still signals. So we came down, we caught in the off. Um, searched, we found 67, I think, scattered. Wow. Um, found all that, and it just went quiet, really. Um, and then there was one really faint signal. So we were just digging anything at this point. And then yeah, we found the uh, the main hoard in situ. Wow. Uh, just all the coins just stacked like edge. Um, mm. That was a sight to behold. Honestly, I've never seen anything like it. I bet. Um, so we found the archaeologists. Uh, they couldn't come out till another week, so we had to bury it. Secure the site. Oh, keep it secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very secret. Yeah, kept that secret. Um, I think the farmer put um, a couple of bales, uh, silage bales over it. So, um, but it was mm. in the middle of nowhere, so there was no, 
um, Dundee the club members that were there that you go to. Um, yeah, so they came in yeah. next week to the following week, and um, yeah, it went off to the British Museum to get cleaned and recorded and all that. And I think there was 337 coins in total. Wow. Uh, five different emperors. There was Augustus, Tiberius, Galba, uh, Vialius, is it? And Vespasian. Um, and the date range was from 209 BC right through to 6970 AD. So it was a massive wow. range. Wow. That is a big range. So, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, it, was, it must have been buried with the latest coin, which was 6970 AD. So, um, so even when it was buried, some of those coins were already a couple of hundred years Yeah, old. yeah. And one of the coins uh, is Emperor Vespasian. Um, that's the only the second coin ever to be found in the country. And it's currently the best condition one. So, yeah. Yay! <laughs> well done, you. That is unbelievable and fantastic. And they're all silver denarius. And uh, if you looked at my pictures, um, yeah, some of them are so much detail. I can't believe they've been... Um, yeah, in the ground that long, nearly two, well, over 2,000 years, and some of them are just yeah. unbelievable condition. Yeah. So how far was the actual main sort of stack of coins down in the ground when you got down to it? In the ground? Um, it wasn't that deep. It was about, I'd say, five, six inches deep. Mm-hmm. Um, bear in mind that field has been ploughed, well, yeah, tw- twice, maybe three times a year for 40 plus mm-hmm. years. So obviously... It's the depth would have got there unless unless yeah 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 i think the next plow after after we'd been um would have gone right through the center of that horde so uh we caught it luckily just as it just skimmed the top that's what yeah. allowed us to locate yeah it. um yeah so we've we saved we've definitely saved those coins yeah yeah they'd obviously like you say it was just going across the top and starting to scatter them so you you literally saved it when you found that right time right place absolutely yeah. the next part would have gone right through the yeah and what was the um what was the signal like so obviously you found the the different coins scattered around so that main bulk of coins what was that signal like in your ears was it pinging loudly like it could be iron or was it just sounding faint what did it sound like to you it was very faint if that was my first signal i would have left it it wouldn't it wasn't a signal i would dig honestly i was surprised right now but yeah it was not a signal i would have mm. dug only because of the coins before i thought right anything yeah. is coming up and um but yeah luckily we found it but yeah I was, I was so blown away that the signal was rubbish absolutely rubbish so um yeah, always double check and check again. <laughs> yeah, so two points there. Always double check your hole once you've got something out of it. Double check your hole or just around you, which you obviously did. And then the signals, you can't always, sometimes you think you've got a signal when you're in a field. You're like, oh, that's definitely going to be another whatever you think it might be. But really, if you can and yeah. you've got the energy, if it's a remotely good tone, you've got to go yeah. digging. You've got to see what it is. Yeah, that's really fascinating to hear. I always say, if in doubt, dig it out. <laughs> if in doubt, dig it out. We like that one, yeah. <laughs> we'll take that on as a mantra for the podcast. If in doubt, dig it out. So so where where is the hoard now then? Where is it located? Now it's in Shrewsbury Museum. Um, they purchased it from... Uh, the landowner myself. Um, so once the British Museum finished with it, yeah, obviously goes through the process of um, being uh, recorded, cleaned, recorded, put out there for local museums, 
valued and blah, um, which took a very long time because I found it just before yeah. COVID hit it. So as soon as it got to the British Museum, it shut down. Everything stopped. So that was a bit of a nightmare. But, um, yeah, yeah so of course. It took just over three years. So, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, so Shoot Museum purchased it. We have now got to catalogue it and take photos for the real record. And they're hoping to display it the next few months. They, they hope they're hoping to do that. So. Oh, that's amazing. So there you go. If you're in the Shrewsbury area yeah. in a few months' time, be going and, and speak about, uh, see what we've been speaking about and see uh, the hoard that Darren found. So that's fantastic. And it's, you know, the responsibility of the metal detector is when you start metal detecting, you need to go and check out the Treasure Act. You need to make sure you check that out. Understand. You need to make sure Absolutely. you report in your fines working out who your fines liaison officer is, all of that stuff, because, you know, these things have to be shared, don't they, with the world and the nation and for other people to enjoy. And, it's all about history. Yeah, and filling in those gaps. Like that's, you said, one of the only other ones of those coins and the best, you know, uh, looking one as well. But then it's so interesting, that date range, isn't yeah. it? And they, they had those, so it was obviously somebody's. Yeah, when they told me it was 209 BC, yeah. And then 69 AD, I, I thought, no, they've got, wrong, got it wrong. But, um, yeah, they gave me a list of all the coin, every single coin. And, Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, 209 BC, that was just yeah. blown yeah. away. It's like, they, they <laughs> didn't even get here until 43 AD, is it? So, exactly. So Sam Roman was just literally car- carrying around the, the family's wealth yeah. and then had to stash it away one day and never got back to get it. Well, even though it was... The coins weren't in circulation, but they used to use them because the silver quality in the older coins was mm. better. So they would use it not as a coin, but as a silk trade. Ah, gotcha. So that's why they used to So what a fabulous day, a day you'll never forget. <laughs> Excuse the quick interruption, I'm just letting you know that to help keep the podcast running, we have set up a Patreon. Pop over to patreon.com forward slash detecting history podcast, where you can see we have four very affordable monthly membership tiers available to help cover our running costs. You can select either the copper, bronze, silver or gold tiers that will give you access to things such as ad-free episodes, Patreon exclusive extra weekly episodes, merch discount codes and even a tier where you can get sent a free gift as a thank you so please head over to patreon.com forward slash detecting history podcast thank you so there's some of your best finds but um, we always do the section where it talks about the other things that aren't necessarily treasures or coins and the weirdest finds what have you come across in your time the weirdest find i guess is um we've not long had a little girl jesse and then I went detecting, it was probably a couple of months after and I was detecting, and I found a silver bracelet, um, which was all tarnished. And when I got home and cleaned it, it was engraved Jesse. And honestly, I was no. so freaked out. Because I thought, what? Of all <laughs> of the names, it was Jesse. Yeah. I couldn't believe This is weird. Uh, yeah, that's the scariest that thing. That is mad. Yeah. If you had some mathematician working out the chances of that, <laughs> it would be in the billions to one. It's crazy. So, yeah, that would have given you goosebumps on the day. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I've, I've always I've found uh, strange things like uh, ram's heads with the horns. That was with the, you know, the horn slaw and 
just obviously a cheaper dad rather die but that was quite fascinating that was the nice little fight on super um yeah that was easy to come across but it was fascinating yeah actually you're right i do find quite a lot of antlers deer antlers and then you know unfortunately you'll come across the odd roadkill that's perished long ago yeah. so you've got like an almost intact skeleton somewhere in the middle of the field and you come across yeah. those kind of things don't you yeah but and what would you say then is your favourite history era? Um, what do you really enjoy finding? Um, medieval, anything medieval. Uh, I don't know why. I guess it's because of the hammer coins. They're just, um, for me personally, all the, all the different mm. coinage, Celtic, Roman, uh, milled, hammered, have just, they're just, to me, they're unique. They're, because um, they're, they're obviously hand hammered and, yeah, some of the details that have gone into carving into the die to then smack it onto a coin. Yeah, Howard's definitely by far my favourite. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's because of the medieval battles as well. Um, I mean, obviously the Romans had battles, but the medieval battles are a more catalogue known about. And you just, yeah, more detail about them. It just the whole medieval thing is just, yeah, that's medieval is the one for me. Yeah, and the ruthlessness of the monarchies over that time. And you're right, with everyone being hand-struck yeah. as well, it's got that history just in that striking. And then the details where you look to see, you know, where yeah. the, it had been struck, whether it had been the Tower Mint or Barnstable Mint or somewhere random. And then when they're slightly misstruck as well, you know, all of those little features are interesting, aren't they? Yeah. I'm also a big hammered, hammered fan. And we always say like the detecting and the actual finding of the things is just a small part of the hobby, isn't it? Because then oh, you've got yeah. the searching, the history. I've got books behind me, yeah. posters to help me identify, even down to how you clean your finds or don't clean, as the case may be, whatever your preference is, displaying, as displaying. we can see behind yeah. you, how yeah. are you going to display? So it... It's a massive hobby, isn't it? It's not just digging holes. Yeah, once you've found the coin, that's the easy part. You've then got to research it and work <laughs> out what it says on the coin. And um, if you can't find out, it does really annoy you. The amount of sleepless nights I've had sometimes thinking, is that a G or is that a C? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe this magnifying glass will help me better. <laughs> That's what I do all the time. And when you you put it up on Facebook or somewhere and nobody's got a Scooby-Doo, the flow doesn't know what it is. You're just like, ah, so frustrating. Yeah. And you just wait, don't you? Wait for someone to work it out and see something yeah. similar that it could yeah. be. <laughs> uh, and uh, who's your favourite monarch then or emperor? Um, I don't actually know a lot about Romans, to be fair. So... Um, I think my favourite monarch, just because of his whole story, is Henry VIII. Um, yeah, I think everyone knows Henry VIII. Everyone knows what he did. Everyone knows everything about him. He's just a legend, isn't he? He's just a legendary character. Um, yeah, Henry VIII. All of his dealings and all of the wives and... All of the changes in the religions, so we could get divorced, and it's endless, yeah. isn't it? There's just so much to learn about him. And then um, I didn't realize I told Grim last time, which yeah. you would have heard, that I found a, um, a Henry VIII hammered recently, and he said it was quite rare. I didn't realize it was that rare to find. Um, so, yeah, when you come across something yeah. like that, woof. I'd love to find the Henry VIII coin, absolutely. I mean, gold, silver, worn, damaged, as long as Henry VIII. <laughs> it's funny because my first hammered was uh, Elizabeth I as well, much like yourself. So when I got her, I was like... Yeah, yeah I think most of them are, whether they were minted more often, mm, I don't know, but yeah. most people do find Elizabeth I. 
Yes, and um, the ones I've got, it's qu- they're quite rubbed, but I think they used to purposely rub a face off because so they weren't fans, were they? I think they like to rub a face off the coins. When you start out, how do you go about trying to get uh, permissions? Have you got any of your own permissions or do you just go on club digs? And if you do have permissions, how? what's your tactic for going about getting those permissions? Okay, well, I'm quite lucky because my sister has a big farm. Um, it's a couple of hundred acres, so she's got a good farm. Um, and mm-hmm. it was only the last couple of years I did research, and she's actually got an Iron Age um, hill fall on there, which she didn't know about. Um, and you can see it in the crop marks sometimes. The way the grass, you can see the grass when it dies, it dies in a, a bit of a curve. So that's interesting. I've never found anything yeah. on there. Yeah, my uncle, he's a farmer, so he's got a couple of acres I can go on. Um, but it's, brilliant, yeah. My the way I go and get my permissions is on social media, really, as I go joining local village groups and asking on there. Oh. Uh, or if I see someone posting on Facebook selling hay, I obviously just drop them a message if they've got hay in yeah. the field somewhere, and um, selling eggs, just yeah, seeing. Yeah, I think that's right, and it's a good point, you know, just find resources, look around you. Farm shops really good yeah. if it's a farm shop on a natural farm. Um, yeah. Go make friends, um, and yeah, just a little email or something. You'll often find that because farmers are busy, if they're not interested, they won't get in contact with you. But a lot of farmers really do love the history, and so I've reached out to a couple, and they've gone, "Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love to see what you can find." So yeah, it's all just about being brave, isn't it, and asking. And then if you don't have any luck, make sure you check out your local uh, local clubs because they go around and do all the hard work and find the permissions. And then you get to go out and meet people and, and go on group digs together. And then, of course, the big weekenders and all those kind of events. Um, there's a lot of that that goes on as well. So yeah. Thank goodness for social media, because as much as it can be a curse sometimes, it really is great, isn't it? And it helps you out in terms of research and events and, and meeting people. How do you cope with dry spells? As in, you've been out a few times and you've found tin cans, a lot of tin cans, a lot of ring pulls. Um, what's your method to try and get back on some good finds? Uh, well, it can be very frustrating, can't it? Um, I mean, if you're a newbie... It'll test you to the point where you probably give up. So you've just got to, you've, you know the finds are out there. You've got to keep at it. Um, I mean, I think it depends on your search method. So if I go through dry spells, my search method is to normally, normally I just randomly walk around. Yeah. Now and again, I'll do methodical searching. Um, so if you're going through quiet spells, I normally pick a spot and methodically search. That way at least you're testing big groups of area one time. Um, so my tip would be, if you're going through a quiet patch, uh, yeah, try methodically searching. Yeah. The chances of your finders then will increase. Um, just because you're covering more area more accurately, really. Um, also, dry spells, I would maybe go back to the drawing. Sometimes I'll go back to the drawing board. Uh, yeah. Re-look at the permission, research it, just check have I missed something. Um, um, I also I use an app as well, an app called Tecto, Tecto Track. Um, and that tracks you. When you turn it on, it tracks you where where you've been and things like that. Um, and then when you find something, you have to manually record it. It gives you a good reference when you found it. Um, but the amount of times I've done a field and I think, I've, no, I've done it now. Obviously, there's nothing here. And you check this app uh, and you find you automatically, without knowing, tend to do the same area. Mm. Um, whether 
whether the slopes sort of make it to guide you downhill or uphill or but there's always sections of mist um big sections i've missed and yeah so i'll just find use that app find the spots i've not gone on and then just give them a, a going over here so um yeah you've just got to, it's hard for newbies it's hard because it can be testing but for people that have already found stuff you know it's out there you just you've just got to keep after it absolutely you? yeah and it we've said it before but it's good to go back to basics. It's also good to consider the ground yeah. conditions. Has it been dry for a really long time and there's not enough moisture to yeah. help with the tones? Um, I'm just looking now. Tecto Track is on the Apple yeah. Store. I've not heard of this before. This is fantastic. I think if you're on Apple Store, uh, I think it can be quite expensive on Apple Store. On Android, I think it's about four, five pounds to buy the Pro version. Yeah. Um, the difference is, uh, I think, on the free version, you can only have two permissions at any one time on the pro version. You can have as many permissions on there as you want. Brilliant. Um, Fantastic. But yeah, it's definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. I use what three words. So whenever I find something, I'll take a picture, log it, mark it. Yeah. So then I can try and see if there's a pattern development, you know, in, in terms of coins. Maybe I've found a, a, a lost path or something like that. But I, I really like that. I'm going to try that. On that techno track, the amount of, you, know, you, you find um, over a course of two or three weeks or two or three hunts, uh, you sort of look back and you think, oh, hang on, look, they're all in the same area or they're all in a row. And before you know it, you've, yeah, you've, you seem to have found a either a footpath that's not recorded or it's been recorded and lost since and uh, yeah you can discover some fascinating routes by just finding stuff all in one area really yeah no that's great i did i did see a tv program or maybe it was a youtube video a long time ago as well and it was um recording through a detector a person's swing and then you could see uh, okay. the actual on the ground actually the person was a professional and they were going very slowly and they had the coil, you know, parallel to the ground. They weren't swooping up at the edge of the swings like sometimes people yeah. can do. Yeah. And they were very confident when they'd walked a, a big strip of, say, I don't know, 20 meters, that they'd, they'd thoroughly covered that ground. When they actually showed the screen, uh, the screen print from the, the computer, you could see they'd missed like three to six inches like with each swing, even though they thought they really had covered all the area. Yeah. So that was fascinating as well. Um, but where I found the hoard, um, the clubs have been going there at least once a year for the past thirty years. So it goes to show you, you know, you can miss some significant finds. It's easy to miss stuff. Yeah, and your timing was perfect. Like you say, it got clipped. Yeah, absolutely. Spilt those yeah. coins around, and then eventually you found the actual pot, which is yeah, brilliant. So they always say, don't they, a field is never done, but it is true. Yeah. It is true. Never done. Never done, absolutely. Um, and have you had any issues while out detecting at all? Um, this is where we talk about um, it, coming across any people that shouldn't be on your permission or any issues with uh, people wondering what you're up to or animals, anything like that at all? Um, not not Nighthawk or anything like that. Um, yeah, they don't seem to be on my permissions, whether it's because my permissions... Um, there's not much history on some of them, so when you do the research, there's nothing to attract you there really. It's just um, it's just my local area, so I'm interested in that. Uh, but some one issue I did have is a lady said I could detect on their land, so I'm not for when I done a bit of detecting, and then um, yeah, some guy came bounding over on the phone and said, uh, "I don't have permission to detect here." I said, "No, I, I do. Yeah, off Mrs. Such and Such." And he said, "No, she's a tenant." I just spoke to the landowner and he doesn't want you on here. Oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> so I went and 
I said, all right, and he requested all my finds I'd found. Luckily, I'd not found anything. It was all junk, so I was quite happy to give that over. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of coins in there, but they just George fish six, quite modern. Really. Yeah. Um, so when I went and told the uh, the lady, she said, oh, yeah, but I, I cut the grass and things. I said, no, no, it's got to be got to be landowner's permission. Yes. Oh, yeah, so there's a tip. Always check it's landowner's permission because, well, one, it's illegal, and two, if you find something of significance, um, you could potentially lose all right to it, or you know they'll take. They could technically the landowners own those those finds. So even if it's not worth anything, yeah, you will. You could potentially lose that little bit of history that you found. So yeah, it's just make sure it's landowner's permission always. Yeah, that's a really good tip. And sometimes you can just uh, uh, either assume or, like you say, that person that was renting it assumed that they would be allowed to give you permission if you go to you know some of the key uh sites so the national council for metal detecting site there's a there's a guide there about permissions and i think there's even a template uh agreement that you can print out that gives the yeah the reason you can print out and fill in yeah that's right so it describes how it has to be the landowner giving permission and you sign it and you agree how you would split any fines 50 50 and all the rest of it and then it's it's just common courtesy isn't it to to yeah, um show the landowner what you found see if they want any of it and and they're often really happy as well because you're you're removing a lot of trash from their fields and yeah. their lands so they're very happy with you when you're doing that for them at the same time some of my videos um like i'm bit some of them might be boring to watch because they don't actually find anything but um i think it's important to show that because detectives people see detectivists and think uh, they're always finding treasure, you know. They must be mm-hmm. making money out of this. And it's like, you know, honestly, you know, <laughs> the amount of trash you have to go through you have to find it. So quite sometimes like, yes. quite, I show some of the trash. I'm like, right, this today's it. got three hours worth of digging, and that's what I've got. It's junk. I've, yeah. you know, I've got less than that in my bin at home. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's, it's that's real detecting business you know yes and that's what makes it thrilling isn't it because you never know yeah. what you're going to find yeah and just when you lose all hope and that's why some people say you know quite often you're going back to the car and it's that sort of long walk back and you're like well i can't just walk over the field back i'm gonna keep detecting on my way back but you kind of half-heartedly yeah. and then all of a sudden you get a banging signal and it'll end up being a yeah. wonderful coin or something like that and you're just like yeah. wow <laughs> what are the chances Absolutely other hobbies that you might recommend so obviously you had the biking before and you gave that up do you partake in any other hobbies at all darren um i, I quite like photography i mean i'm not um high tech in photography so i just literally use my smartphone and uh, a little bit of editing but photography uh but recently i bought a drone um so Ooh, if, you're gonna, nice. if you're gonna buy a drone obviously make sure you're uh, flying within the uh CAA, the Air Authority, uh, make sure you're all legit. Yeah. Um, but that's quite good because um, I've I found a few crop marks whilst I've been doing that, especially when there's been hot weather. Um, but some of the yeah. aspects, some of the views you can get from above, um, you see, yeah, you see mm. things totally different. I've took pictures of castles from above and ships, steam trains, things like that. And I'll, yeah, the views you get, some of the photos I've got. Um, from the drone's point of view is absolutely mind-blowing so yeah i quite like i've started to detect 
and have my drone sometimes following me just to get a bit of a different angle and things like that. But um, yeah, it's quite good flying the drone. Yeah. It's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't it, really, in the last five years? It has, drones. Yeah. You, yeah. you can get really good ones now for not a lot of money, like you yes. say. And then I, I love that follow me. Uh, setting you can do and then it'll sort of whip around you one of my uh one of my friends has got a, a nice drone and if you think in the past to get those views as you say of the the fields obviously you've got google earth now but you'd have, literally have to get in a helicopter you'd have to get a helicopter to get those views of the castles and everything Absolutely. wouldn't you but now yeah. we have that ability to do it ourselves yeah. that's so you brilliant watch these, you watch documentaries and uh before I got a drone, I used to think it was just a helicopter, and you're thinking that must have cost thousands of pounds just to get that view. But it's you know a couple hundred pounds yeah. for a drone shot, and it's they absolutely they're so much better because you get closer and there's no noise or thudding of the propellers. It's, it's yeah, really, yeah, yeah. No, that's exciting. I like that, and I like the way that you can couple it up with when you are detecting. That's really cool. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the bucket lister section, Darren. So this is the the bucket lister list section that everybody's talking about. Um, but first, I wanted to ask you what mm-hmm. bucket lister you're still after um, that you haven't yet acquired. It could be anything from a crotal bell to a watchwinder to a gold Saxon coin. What's one of your items on your own personal bucket list? Top of my bucket list is uh, be a gold hammered. Um, I know it's quite quite out there, but it always has been top of my list. Even before the hoard, I've always thought, I'm <laughs> a gold hammered, any condition, any monarch, just gold hammered. That would be, I'd absolutely, I'd probably quit detecting. I wouldn't really quit detecting, but that would be, <laughs> uh, yeah, gold hammered would absolutely just, wow. Yeah, that would be, yes. Top line bucket list. I love that the the person that found a, a hoard of silver denarius, three hundred and thirty seven coins, says uh, gold hammered might be out there. <laughs> Anything's possible, Darren. Yeah. Anything's possible. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Although maybe I've used up all my luck now. I don't know. Oh I'll yeah. Do you think we've got detecting bucket lister lives like cats, so you can only get ten bucket listers and then you're done? <laughs> that would be sad. Well, I've got. Uh, I have two bucket lists. I have like my. I kind of wish bucket list where gold hammered is on there, obviously Saxon coin. And then I've got my realistic bucket list where Crotal Bell's on there, Seal Matrix, you know, things that you're probably more likely to find. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got two buckets. Okay, that's great. So, um, we would like to ask you, Darren, what would you like to place on the Detecting History podcast ultimate bucket list a list? So, this is for. Everybody, old and wise metal detectors or young and wise metal detectors from newbies that they can go and have a look at, see what's on the bucket list and uh, hope to find themselves. So what would you, what item would you like to place on there? Okay, well, I would add something that is achievable, not a once-in-a-lifetime find. So I'm going to add Pilgrim's Ampulla. Very good. And do you want to describe what that is for the listeners? I think it's, it's a, isn't it like a... They used to carry holy water in it. Is that right? And they um, yes, absolutely. They used to have it when they used to walk, uh, do their walks. Um, what are they called? Pilgrimages and things like that. Yeah, when they go on the pilgrim's way. And they're made of lead, aren't they? Yes, and that's what you have to be careful with your finds because you will find bits of lead here, there, and everywhere. But you always need to have a second closer look, don't you, just to see. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, actually, on that point, I found. Um, I mean, we always find lead, don't we? But I found a lump of lead, which I thought was just a lump of lead. Um, I put it in my scrapped lead bucket. And it was only when we moved house, I started washing all this lead. And I thought, I'll just clean it all up while I say, while I'm moving it from bucket to bucket. And I cleaned it. And it was actually a, and I've got a picture of it on my social media. It's um, a soldier riding a horse. 
And because the mud was on it, wow. it just looked like a rock of lead folded up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in my display cabinet now. It's, um, and it's, when you look at it, it's got a bit of red paint on it. So there's obviously some sort of toy soldier, but that's, I was really surprised that was in there. So, yes, definitely, definitely clean it up. And, Always, yeah. don't assume, double check, because we do pick up stuff that's yeah. absolutely caked, don't we, in mud, especially through the winter m- months. Yeah. You're just like, oh, and you leave yeah. it in your finds bag or in the bucket outside, like you say. Always go and check. I always remember, um, do you know yeah. the young lad Paddy Detects? Um, I remember seeing one of his videos, yes, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he'd had a bit of uh, what he thought was scrap metal, and then it ended up being a gold Saxon uh, it's the gold, yeah, that's yeah. Right, yeah, the gold. Um, he asked his dad, did he? And his dad just said, "Oh, that's the isn't it? It was the Iron Age or Bronze yeah, Age gold." Yeah, yeah, amazing. Hopefully, we'll get Paddy on one day soon to talk to us yeah. about that. But yeah, you've always got to double check, especially when you're tired as well. Absolutely, <laughs> you're tired and covered in mud yeah. yourself. You just sling it in the in the bag, don't you? Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for placing that on there. And uh, we will talk about uh, the Pilgrim's Ampula a bit more in the extra section. I will go through and describe that and put some pictures up for the listeners so they can go and have a look. And of course, that will be placed on the Bucket Lister list. So Darren, while we finish up today, is there anything you want to promote? Where can people find you across the social medias? Remind them and remind them about Unearth UK. Okay, so I'm yeah, Unearthed uh, History and Earth. Uh, I've got a Facebook page. That's History and Earth. And the logo is um, it's the logo of the letters H and U in gold. So um, you can look out for that. I'm on Instagram. The username on that is history underscore underscore on Earth. Yep. Um, I'm on TikTok. That's the same as his, as uh, Instagram underscore underscore on Earth. And I'm on YouTube, which is History and Earth dash MD. There is a few History and Earths on there. Um, I think I'm the only one. I'm the one with the most posts and the most recent. So if you, if you look at that as well. Yeah, and the best, but we're biased. Uh, also, I'm part of Team Unearthed UK. So if you need any uh, detecting gear clothing, just give Unearthed UK, Graham, a phone call. Uh, and if you call History Unearthed, he'll sort you out with some sort of discount. Oh, loving the sound of that. Brilliant. Darren, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for telling us about your hoard find and everything else, your metal detecting history. Um, I think we all resonate with everything you've told us today and you've had some fantastic top tips. I'm definitely going onto that app so I can see, I can rest- I, I basically need to restart all my fields really, don't I? So I can track it all. So that's going to be fun in itself. <laughs> yeah. So Darren, thanks very much. Thank you for having me. There you go, everybody. That's the end of another incredible podcast. Um, Do us a favour. Please go to your podcast uh, app and give us five stars. Uh, Don't worry about having to write any comments or anything like that. If you can just click us a rating, that would be so, so helpful and really help the podcast get going. So that was Darren Booth, a.k.a. History Unearthed from uh, Team Unearthed UK, sharing the incredible story of where he unearthed the Gabon held and with some tips and recommendations for us all. Very helpful indeed. Uh, Darren's socials are all listed below. They are, however, on Instagram, history underscore underscore unearthed. On Facebook, history unearthed. YouTube is at history unearthed dash MD and TikTok is at history underscore underscore unearthed. Until next week. Bye.